Welcome to episode 15 of the Digital Brand Envy podcast. Now today, I am welcoming a very special guest, Courtney Foster Donahue. Now, Courtney is actually, she was my first ever kind of experience with the online education world. So I met her when I was a brick and mortar business owner, and I stumbled across her Facebook challenge online via a Facebook ad. So I joined her five-day Facebook challenge. I was absolutely hooked. At that time, I thought I knew all that there was to know about Facebook advertising. I was pretty social media savvy, and I was already using it to get leads for my business. But she really not only opened up a whole new world to me in regards to Facebook advertising, but also online education. And I think our course was $247 at the time, which is, you know, seems low to me now because I have invested a lot more in my business since then via online education. But she really opened my eyes to the power of courses. And she was the actual first course I ever bought. So shout out to Courtney. And she, her course was so well put together and I learned so much and I still continue to learn so much to this day from her closed community for paid students. So I am so excited to welcome her on the show because, again, she really opened me up to this world and has really kind of been the first step in so many different opportunities and things that have brought me to the place I am today. So to tell you a little bit about Courtney, if you don't already know her, so what I love about her is that she's actually an actor by trade, but a four-time entrepreneur by accident. So like me, she didn't start out to create online courses. This wasn't her dream from when she was a child or anything like that. So she helps other entrepreneurs build, grow, and scale their businesses through her suite of acclaimed online programs, of which I am a student, including the Course Course, Launchpad, and her unique content-free membership, ThriveMind, which is one of my secret weapons in business I am never leaving. (laughs) So when she's not serving her students, she hosts The Courtney Show, a weekly digital series combining business education with entertainment. So check that out on Facebook and YouTube. All right, I can't wait to get in this interview. We are going to be talking about all things course creation, her most effective marketing strategies, and how she went from an actor and then a service-based business owner and then a seven-figure online business owner. So this interview is so good. It's one of my favorite ones that I've done yet. So you definitely want to stick with us till the end. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. Welcome to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, Courtney. Hello, thanks for having me. So it's such an honor to have you on the show. And I mentioned this in the intro, but you were actually my first introduction to really the whole online education world. So thank you very yeah, much for that. I super didn't know that. And that makes me so happy. I love that. Yeah, I knew you'd, when you joined my different programs and things, I knew that you'd been in business for a bit. Like you were obviously very savvy from the beginning, but I didn't know that that was like your first yeah, I went to school for business. I went to school for business and I thought that was all I needed to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was convinced that, you know, I could learn everything from experience. I could learn everything from free sources, YouTube, Googling. So 
thank you for opening my eyes well, and education. <laughs> and, and you can learn everything from that, but it will how take much time does it take, right, to do it on your own, to DIY forever and ever and ever on then. I mean, like, you know, DIYing is fun, but like, I like to paint my walls <laughs> on my own and do that myself, but I want like someone to hand me strategies. So yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So it took me yeah. way too long to learn that. So I want to thank you for opening yeah. my eyes to the difference between paid content and free content. <laughs> yes. So I mentioned your programs in the intro, but do you want to get started by telling the listeners who you are, who yeah. you serve, and kind of how you serve them and how you show yeah. up for your students. Absolutely. Um, well, I work with business owners and have been, you know, for, for quite a while and not just online business owners, but with my different courses, my different programs, you know, I work with brick and mortar like you, like I know that's, you know, part of your background is with your brick and mortar business. So I serve brick and mortar, local, online, product-based, service-based. Basically, if you have something you want to sell and you want to sell more of that thing and reach more people who need and or want that thing, I can help you do that. And that's, you know, my specialties are in uh, marketing and business growth and different strategies like that. So that's how I got started because uh, my background is I built a few businesses in just a few right, years right. and saw a lot of success rather quickly. And, uh, you know, when you do something well and when you do it kind of quickly, or at least as far as typical timelines go, people take notice and they start asking questions. And so I found that people were constantly, you know, asking me, can I pick your brain? And, you know, I, I have a business too, but it's not growing as fast as yours. How do I do what you're doing? And how can I take some of what you figured out and apply it to my own business? So I, you know, essentially had a lot of these, can I pick your brain requests popping up over and over again. There were too many requests and not enough of me to go around. So I said, okay, well, I don't want to do this for free anymore. I'm like constantly doing coffee chats and uh, Facebook messenger fests with people just, you know, for hours helping them. So I said, let me, let me like do this as a thing. So I started coaching and consulting um, and working with different business owners to help them grow their business. And I found myself repeating myself. I, I saw that I was reiterating a lot of the same things. I was repeating a lot of the same things. And I thought, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm able to help people and help them see the kind of success I've seen, sometimes even more than I'd seen. But this whole re repetition thing feels silly when I can find a way to maybe record this and, and audit it, automate it or systematize it or get it out there to more people. So I'm not swapping hours for dollars. So I'm not, you know, only able to help the number of people you know, based on the number of slots I have in my calendar for coaching calls or consulting calls. So I took what I knew to work for my own businesses with marketing and, uh, you know, selling and all of those in social media strategies and such. I took all of that and put that into online courses. And so that's really essentially what my business is now, my, my main focus. I, we still have the other businesses, but my main focus is serving business owners and particularly nowadays, my, my biggest focus perhaps is helping business owners to scale both their income and their impact by creating and launching online courses. So essentially I took the thing I've been doing that's worked for me and have been able to help other people do that same thing with their own, you know, very unique businesses, whether it's B2B or B2C or so on. So that's kind of my main focus nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind sharing, um, 
I remember what your first service-based business was. I don't remember if it was your first, but I thought it was so interesting. Wasn't it a dog walking business? Well, so my first, I guess, like business ever was a monetized blog many, many, many moons ago. And then my, I don't think that I was like, that was like accidental. Like that was like, I didn't set out to create a business. I just started seeing a lot of Amazon affiliate commission coming in. And I was like, I guess this is a business. I don't know. Um, so that was kind of like an accidental thing. My first on purpose business was actually a local uh, children's party entertainment company. Oh, um, right. I remember that. Yeah. And actually my, my second business was as well, because I opened a location here in Atlanta, the main thing we did were princess parties. And if you're not, um, you know, anyone listening right now who's not a parent of young children, you're like, what the heck is that? That sounds so niche. It's actually like a really big thing. It's a big industry. So I built an, um, a children's entertainment company here in Atlanta. I opened a second location in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then kind of at the same time, my husband was uh, launching his business, which was a dog training company. And he's a dog trainer. He's fabulous. And um, essentially, I kind of partnered with him in that first, after his first year in business, he was going, looking at, you know, my two locations and how successful my businesses were. And he, you know, it was kind of like, can we take some of that and apply that to the dog training business? So I kind of partnered with him and um, we really ramped up marketing and kind of that business is already successful. He's very smart and savvy and he's an awesome businessman, but we were able to double the leads and, and double, you know, his, his conversion rate was something like a hundred percent. I mean, it was crazy. We were able to significantly wow. improve that whole marketing and sales process for that business and start growing that business. And, you know, now he serves people literally all over the world. So um, yeah, it's been a weird <laughs> random biz journey. My people ask me, what are your first businesses? I'm like princess parties, dog training. I um, love that though. I blog, like it just full, the full gamut. <laughs> I love that though, because when I started, you know, I went to school for finance and economics and then I ended up in marketing by accident, total accident that I ended up in marketing. And then Isn't that the way it is for so many people though. Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I know someone out there actually majors in marketing. Someone, they have to. Yes. <laughs> the people I know who are the best in marketing, particularly online marketing, have backgrounds in like acting or like they were teachers or they were like, they worked in the corporate world doing something totally, you know, unrelated to marketing. It's so, it's a funny, like that it pulls so many people, you know. Yeah, it's so funny. And to your point, I think the people that do it best are people who, you know, maybe found something that they were really good at, had to figure out how to market themselves. So, yeah. you know, for me, it was when I opened, you know, my indoor playground, I had to figure out how the heck to market it, which is how the world brought me to you. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I had to be really scrappy and I had to learn everything I could. And that made me, you know, I learned a lot more along that process. And by investing in your course and then other courses after, I feel like I learned so much more that way than through any traditional education route. So, yeah, that was so interesting. But can you tell me a little bit? So that was so interesting. Thank you for sharing how you <laughs> yeah. got started. But can you share with me a little bit about why you chose to start helping people create online courses? Because the course that I took from you was about yeah. Facebook advertising. Yeah. So what kind of brought that transformation in your business? Yeah. And you know, it was another sort of accidental, we'll get into this kind of thing because my first course was on, you know, again, I'm having built quite a few businesses in a short period of time, seeing some success, doing coaching consulting, trying to automate 
and systematize what I was just repeating over and over and over again, right? So my first course ever was on search engine optimization because uh, we'd been able to like get our website to the top, you know, spot in our, for our keywords almost overnight. So we were able to kind of take the specific system we did and say, okay, here's how we did it. You can do it too, right? So the first course ever was on SEO. Um, we did a course on like video marketing. I did um, uh, kind of like a visual branding, if you will, course, basically like here's how to use Canva, right? Because a lot of people were saying, how does this work? That's when Canva was new. Now everyone knows how to use it. But back then it was novel. But then my, you know, the next thing that how you know me is through the Facebook course, through FB Framework, which um, you know, as my complete Facebook marketing system and advertising system. And so I, you know, again, like when I had a bunch of businesses and people said, how are you doing what you're doing so well in the same thing with this online business, I had a bunch of courses and people were asking me, how are you doing what you're doing so well? How do you, you know, you, you didn't just launch a couple of courses and you've had some success. Every course you launch seems to resonate with your audience. It seems to, you know, you get a lot of great testimonials. So students are actually seeing success with your course. Imagine that, you know, that's not always the case with online courses, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, on top of the student success, you're also seeing like tremendous sales. In about 18 months, my online business, you know, by selling online courses, we had grossed over seven figures. So this wasn't just like, yeah, I'm, it's some extra like a little side hustle or a little extra side business. It was like, this serious thing. And so people were asking me, okay, so this wasn't just, you're not just getting lucky. You've got, you have something here. There has to be some kind of system or some kind of process you have that's replicable. How can I apply that to my own online course? And I realized there was, it was really a, a six step system. And so, um, I took what I'd done, you know, time after time, and I, I, you know, weeded out the things I had to learn the hard way that I knew didn't work because I definitely have learned some things the hard way. And I packaged up what I knew to work and work really well into a program. That's what the course course is. That's my complete, you know, course on creating and launching an online course. We kind of took things to the next level with Launchpad, which is my group coaching program. So, you know, that kind of goes beyond the beta, right? Quotation marks, beyond the beta. That kind of goes beyond, you know, okay, we've launched the course, now what? And so I've kind of, I've, you know, put some things in place so I can see people from idea to course, to launch, to relaunch, to scaling, to, you know, and beyond. The whole kind of life cycle of what an online course can look like for a business. And, you know, I've tried to put things in place so that if you want to just create a course as an extra stream of income for your business, awesome, do it. That's so smart. You know, there's, it's one of the smartest streams of income that you can add to a business. But if you want to go beyond that and create an online course company, then I can help you with that as well. So I've really just kind of, again, teaching what I know, teaching what I know works from experience and as much as I can teaching a way to replicate the same process and the same system I've used, you know, very successfully with my own courses as well. Awesome. And I just, before we keep going, cause this is awesome. I want to keep digging in here, but I have to say that the one downside that your course was my first ever real online course purchase was it was so good and it was so well done and the videos were so perfectly edited that when I started getting the idea of how to create a course, the course course wasn't out yet, first of all, yeah. or I would have yeah. just invested in that. But I was like, wow, 
that must have taken so much time. And it, it almost held me back because I was like, wow, I do not have it this together. I do not know how to edit videos. I do not know how to make it fancy like that. But I'm so, I'm so glad that you are offering that system because if I had been creating my course at the time that it launched, I would have invested in yeah. it. No question. But. Yeah. You know, and of course you, you <laughs> saw a like more highly produced, more perfect version of like the Facebook course, right? But, right, but it probably didn't start like that. Of, yeah, of course. Like I'm thinking back to my first course ever, which was just three, four years ago, whatever it was now, three and a half years ago. And it was um, a super basic slideshow with a white background and black text, no pretty images, no fun music, no like beautifully recorded like B-roll or like talking heads, you know, like <laughs> none yeah, of I that. I recorded, yeah. I recorded an intro on my iPhone because I was like, I don't know, I guess my face should be at the beginning of a course to connect better with students. I don't know. And so I was like, hey, welcome. Okay, here we go. And then <laughs> a really dinky slideshow. And I had it up as a, like a record, I made a recording of it on my computer. I edited it in iMovie, but crappily, not well at all, and threw it up on Gumroad, which is like not even for online course. Like it's not an online course platform. Do you know what I mean? Like it's right. Not cute. Yeah. So <laughs> very basic, very, uh, not, not fancy, but you know, that's what you do. Like I, I tell my students inside the course course and inside my program launch pad beta now better later, just get it out there. It's not going to be beautiful and finished and shiny and fancy in the beginning. And it shouldn't be. And honestly, if it is beautiful and shiny and fancy and sparkly in the beginning, you've probably done it wrong. <laughs> you know, you've probably spent too much time and attention on something that doesn't matter, getting it out there first, throwing it out into the world, then getting feedback from your students, then improving it, then later down the line, it can get fancy and sparkly and pretty and whatever. But, you know, and now I, I look at my courses and I'm like, ooh, that's pretty. You know, I'm very proud of them. And we keep, you know, improving them, you know, every quarter we make updates and such, but it took time to get there and it needed to take time to get there, right? We really did beta the course now so that we could get to the better later. And, you know, the result of that are, I think, you know, world-class courses with great results and all of that. But, uh, you know, again, didn't start that way for sure. And it didn't need to. Absolutely. I, yeah. and something that you also really opened my eyes to was the fact that your course doesn't need to include, you know, everything in the kitchen sink. Yes. I remember when I was thinking about starting Play Cafe Academy and I, cause same as you, I was getting so, I was getting probably five emails a day from people saying, Hey, I, you know, see that I love your cafe. I want to open something similar in my state. What's your, you know, can I pick your brain? And I was, you know, charging a fee for consulting, but it's still, you know, I have two kids. I only have so many hours in the day. It just wasn't working. And they, I noticed too, that they were all asking the same questions, mm -hmm. which was very frustrating because, you know, I was like, there has to be a better way. So, but it held me back for a while because there's so much that goes into, you know, yeah owning, operating a brick and mortar business. And so I didn't do it because I was like, there's no way I could include everything. But the good thing is that it doesn't have to, I get them to a certain point and then mm -hmm. I have a membership and, you know, higher level coaching after that. But yeah. it at least gives them, you know, I think it's like, well, it, it gets them so far. And, you know, I just answer all the questions that I was getting previously, but it doesn't include everything. Yeah. And it shouldn't. And you're touching on something that's so big because there is this whole, you know, the phrase 
uh, the idea of over delivering is such a thing. It's so big and in every industry, I'm sure, but I see it so much more, uh, you know, in the online business world, this idea of you need to over deliver, over deliver, over deliver. And the, the spirit of that's wonderful. And it's, it's coming from a place of service and that's great, but we should always make sure that our desire to over deliver doesn't result in overwhelming our students. And that's just, you know, that's, that is a mark that is missed a lot with online courses is that I'm going to over deliver. And then rather than deliver this uh, concise, systematized, whatever, whatever it is that someone's teaching, it's like this, like, you know, the game Jenga, like the Jenga tower, like it's just all these different blocks stacked on top of each other, one on top of the other wobbly and you just touch one and the whole thing comes crashing down. So, so many online courses out there and you know, a lot of the students I work with who created their course before working with me and the way I like to create courses have that. They have this like Jenga tower of a course that's wobbly and overwhelming and untouchable. And, you know, again, it came from this place of, I want to over deliver, but people don't want to have th information thrown at them. They don't want to be overwhelmed, of course. So, you know, like another thing I talk about so much with my students is you want to teach you want to facilitate a transformation, not teach a topic. You know, we can, topics are reserved for encyclopedias and for, um, does anyone even have encyclopedias? That was such like a deep track <laughs> millennial, I, you know, <laughs> pre-internet reference, but you know, not like. Only, not only does my mom have encyclopedias and dictionaries, but she has paper bag covers on all of them. Yes. I mean, like I, I have that too, like, but you know, anyone born much after us is like encyclo what you mean wikipedia right no but <laughs> anyways like you know learning about topics that's reserved for online resources youtube wikipedia encyclopedias why not you know things like that but an online course should be transformation focused not topic focused you know i want a student to go through a course of mine and i want my students who create courses to have their students go through their courses and be able to say not just look at all I've learned, but look at all I've accomplished or look at all that I know how to do now, right? I don't want people to just learn stuff. I want them to implement stuff. And, you know, it gets, it gets back to what you said. It doesn't need to be necessarily this huge course with all this information. You know, that's, that doesn't do your student any favors. It just overwhelms them. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't help anyone in the long run, which hurts you in the long run as well, right? Right, because people aren't completing your course, so mm -hmm. they're not able to get results, so they're not able yep. to get testimonials, they're not able to become your fans, they're probably not going to buy anything else from you. Mm -hmm. And not refer you, and then what was the point in doing what you did? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, and your online course, which should be an asset that can grow your business long after you've created it, created the course, it, you know, has a really short life cycle because it's overwhelming and it doesn't help anyone. So it's just, it's such a domino effect that happens when you obsess over, I need to include so much information. I need to over deliver. And it just, it's, it's bad news bears all around. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you mentioned something that I want to touch on. So you said when people create courses before they come to your program. So yeah. in the course course, do you work with people who, do you typically work with people who already have courses, people who already have course ideas, but not built the course? Or is what's your typical um, student like inside the course course? Anything and everything, really. We've had a lot of people join <clears throat> who, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we've had a lot of people join who have come in and 
uh, they've created the course and it flopped and they're like, okay, now what? I'm going to start at the beginning. So they come, you know, into the course course or into Launchpad, essentially just start all over again. Like they, they know the thing, they tried to do the thing, it didn't work. Then we have just as many people, you know, I'd, I'd say the other half of the people coming into the program have just a wisp of an idea or <clears throat> they have too many ideas and they can't figure out which to start with first. They're, they don't know how to even begin crafting a, you know, a student journey, a customer journey. So we help them with that as well. So it's just, it's really all over the place. The, the only common thread we see is that they want to create a course and they want it to be successful because they either want to remove themselves from, you know, this uh, swapping hours for dollars kind of cycle, or they want to, you know, increase their income, increase their impact by adding another stream of, of revenue to their business. So, but yeah, really, really all over the place, to be perfectly honest. Awesome. So when somebody comes to you, so say somebody finds you, finds the Courtney show or finds you through one of your other courses and they say, I'm interested in creating a course. What do you kind of ask them and what do you look for when they're asking you if, you know, when they're passing ideas to you and saying, could this potentially be a course? I want to create a course, but I don't have a topic. How do you kind of walk through that process with them? Yeah. Well, that's a good one. So, you know, I think that there is this whole idea of the curse of knowledge, right? There's this concept called the curse of knowledge. Basically it's that, you know, if we're too close to something, we can't have the perspective we need to understand the value of the thing we know, right? Like I, um, you know, I know a lot about creating and launching online courses. It's easy because I'm so close to this. The curse of knowledge is such that I'm not able to appreciate, maybe I'm not because I have enough self-awareness now because I've done this thing. But before I taught this, I didn't have the perspective and the self-awareness to understand that the average person setting out to create and launch an online course doesn't know everything about creating and launching online courses, right? When we're so close to our area of expertise, whatever that might be, whether it is creating an online course, creating, uh, you know, um, an indoor playground like you, um, you know, uh, leather crafting, um, sewing, uh, dog training, right. home they're subject matter experts. They're not, they're not born. Yeah. Marketers Whatever it is. Right. We forget that because we're an expert in something, not everyone else is either, you know, that there is this, you know, again, curse of knowledge that it, it prevents us from understanding what we've got. So for most people, they're sitting on this genius idea, but they don't know it because, well, no one would want this or everyone knows how to do that or not enough people would care about doing that. So I usually start with saying, you know, if, if you've got something that people seek you out for, you can have an online course. If you've got some area of expertise, something that you understand better than the average person, whether you realize it right away or not, you can have an online course. If you have some simple way of doing something, something that makes something easier to do or more effective, you can have an online course. If you've got something to teach, you know, you can have an online course. And that honestly is like the entire population of planet earth, right? But it's, again, it's easy to not see that. So the first thing we kind of do with students is walk through, okay, what do people seek you out for? What do you do better than everyone else? What are the things you find yourself repeating? There's something, you know, whether it's in your actual business or maybe it's just in life, you know, hey, when people need help uh, hosting their kid's birthday party or planning an event or whatever, they always come to me. Hmm, well, maybe I 
would be good at helping people plan events because I must be really good at this. You know, when people, um, you know, work with me one-on-one, -on -one, for example, like in my, you know, in my business, they all come to me with the same struggles over and over again. It's the same, whether it's this or that, the, everything kind of boils down to just these three things. Or when I work with someone, I tend to go through the step one, regardless of where they are, the first thing we do is blank. And then after that, the next thing we do is blank. And then depending on this or that, the next thing we do is this or that, you know? So there's, there's something there that, can, that you're reiterating that you can repeat and then you can record and then you can remove yourself, you know? And that's, that, that's essentially what your online course could be, regardless of, of, you know, the topic or your audience or even if it's part of your business or not. Right. Absolutely. So when we're talking about people coming to you, looking to create an online course, wondering if it's right for them, or maybe they've already decided to create a course, yeah. what would be some advice that you would share with that person who's just kind of getting started? Those people who, like you said, just have um, kind of like a, mm -hmm. a wispy idea of creating a course, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. Um, you know, again, I would, I would look at it from the standpoint of transformation over topic, which I kind of mentioned before, but it's, you know, it's not, okay, well, I, I have an Etsy shop and I did a pretty good job at um, growing it pretty quickly. So I'm going to teach people about Etsy shops. No, instead we want to get really specific on what transformation we want to facilitate for people. So it's not, here's how to market your Etsy shop, but rather, um, you know, launch an Etsy shop in one week or 2x your Etsy sales in two months or something. We want to get really specific about what we're helping people with and then work backwards. Okay, now I, now I know where we're headed. I can figure out how we're going to get there. And that's, you know, what form the course can take. And really the, the next or maybe even the first thing, depending on, on your audience and other various factors, is that we want to address, um, you know, the, the validity of that idea. Uh, and so, you know, essentially we are having conversations with people, which sounds kind of nebulous, but one of the best things you can do to validate a course idea and get ready to promote and market a course is actually talk to human beings, not through messenger, not through text, not through emails, not through um, polls conducted in random Facebook groups that aren't even yours <laughs> or, you know, email surveys or things. Those are okay. You can get good data from there. But the best thing you can do if you're going to create an online course and you want it to be successful is to have conversations with the would-be students, the people who might be interested. So if I'm going to create a dog training course, you sure as heck bet I'm going to go talk to actual dog owners, not people who love me and support me, though that's great too, not people who are also dog trainers. That doesn't make sense, right? Like that's just a colleague. That's not a potential student. I'm going to go talk to actual dog owners and say, hey, as a dog owner, what do you struggle with? Or what's slowing you down or stopping you from having a better relationship with, with your dog? What's the thing about your dog that annoys you the most or frustrates you the most? If you could fix any one thing about your relationship with your dog or your, um, you know, the, your household dynamic with your dog, what would that be? And, you know, everything I just said, you could change, swap out the word dog for whatever your course uh, topic might be, and it still applies. What's slowing you down or stopping you from achieving a goal? What's the one thing that frustrates you most about the fact that you haven't reached this 
you know, course topic related goal and having those conversations, not saying, um, hey, I'm thinking about creating a course on dog training. Would you be interested in that? Like, that's a binary question. They're going to say yes or no or maybe or sure, sweetie, that'd be great. See you at the family reunion next weekend, right? Like, <laughs> that's what some people do. But instead, it's, you know, open-ended questions that allow people to talk and not just answer your questions, but allow you to hear the emotion in their voice that tells them what the real pain point, the real struggle is. And from that, you've got all that sweet, delicious data that you can take and apply to whatever form your online course will then take. And I, I love that whole idea of valid, we call it the vocal validation method inside my program. But by doing the vocal validation method, by having those open-ended you know, conversations with people in that way, again, you're able to get the great data that informs your course, you're able to create a better course in the process, and you're kind of building interest for it directly. We have a lot of students who will pre-sell their course in those vocal validation calls. <laughs> so they've made sales before they've even like outlined the course, you know, because it starts, it starts building momentum. So, you know, if you're just getting started, that's the best thing you could possibly do. Have conversations, not just with loved ones or friends or colleagues or people in your industry, but with actual people who you think might be interested in your particular course, because that's, you're going to come into one with one set of, uh, you know, with preconceived notions, right? I think that if I create a course about this, it needs to include X, Y, Z. You might be right, maybe. You might be wrong though, or you might, you know, it might need to include X, Y, Z and W, you know, it might need to include some other things as well that you would never have thought of had you not had a conversation with like an actual get on the phone or get on Zoom or Skype and talk to someone back and forth and actually hear them and, and then create something that can help them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We, I do course calls before I, I just finished a re-record of my program a year after I launched it. Because again, I, I put a very imperfect version out there. Um, yeah. And I, so I just re-recorded it. But, but before I did that, I spoke with a lot of prospective students and current students. And I used, not only did I use their suggestions in the actual program, but I also used a lot of the, I switched up my landing pages, my email marketing. I'm starting to use their own words. Yes. Which I kind of skipped at the beginning. And once I started doing that, and once I started again, recording those calls and really talking to them and kind of pulling emotions out of them, I really increased my conversion rate. So I use it not only for um, feedback, but also for marketing. And I absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other big benefit, you know, that I teach as well, that uh, it's, it's not just about, is this valid in the marketplace? So we want that too. But yeah, when you actually hear the words they say and the way that they choose to articulate a particular problem or frustration. You could literally copy paste, take that, flip it around, and that's free copywriting for you. I mean, if you look at the sales pages and the email, the marketing emails I send, um, I mean, yeah, they have like my own personality and such infused, absolutely. But by and large, it's just direct quotes I've taken from people and flipped it around to be able to reach those same people with my marketing messaging and such. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely the best, the best thing you can do. One of my, one of my favorite things to ask people who actually join my program too, is what was that one thing that made you join? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it surprises me. Like yeah. for example, someone said, Oh, you told this story on a Facebook live of how you were sitting at your desk, like pumping milk and 
you know, you were researching yes. your indoor playground because that's me, you know, so I, that kind of also, you know, very rarely was it a business tip that kind of pushed them over the edge. It was usually some sort of connection I was having yeah. with them. So it's like when people feel seen. Exactly. So you. That yeah. really encouraged me because I put out a ton of content on YouTube blogs. Yeah. It really encouraged me to be more personal because everyone really doesn't necessarily connect with the topic because there are other programs out there teaching similar things. They really connect with me. So yeah, um, I thought that was, thought that was really interesting, but yeah, those, those transparent and even vulnerable moments really do really go far with connecting with people. I've, I've had the same thing too. You know, I, I think like, Oh, they're going to buy this course because I said that they would get such and such bonus, which is a $997 value for free. And they're going to get access to this Facebook group, which is a $2,000 value. You know, I, I think of course you're buying it because there's such value and there's such a big promise there of what you can accomplish. But I've had the same thing where people said, yeah, I loved your course. I love what you do. But the, what really sold me was when you talked about your son, what really sold me was when you talked about such and such. And it's always like, wait, that, that was it. <laughs> awesome. I mean, like, but there's something to be said about that. We're, we're trying to see ourselves and other people for us to, when we make buying decisions, like, yeah, this looks good, but does she get me? Does he understand me? Do they know where I've been? Can they really help me if they don't know anything about me and my life and my struggles? And, you know, yeah, by being transparent and vulnerable it, at times it, it can do so much to connect with people and you know right. but we would never know if we didn't ask yes absolutely right. how about asking so i want to switch gears for one second um yeah. work backwards a little so back to somebody looking to create an online course yeah. so before the course calls and all that what if there's already courses out there on that same topic what do you tell those people who are kind of maybe scared to launch a course because there's already similar things out there yeah what i say is that's the best news of all, right? I really do believe, and this sounds cute and alliterative and, and rhymy, and so it's kind of eye-rolly, but I really do believe competition is confirmation. If I was hoping someone, yeah, absolutely. If someone else out there already has a course on your topic, this is great news because it confirms there's a market for it. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know about it. And like that's that's been the case with 100% of the courses I've launched. I've never had a course idea where I looked around and went, oh, no one's thought of this before. I will do it. And I will have the, you know, the, the monopoly on this idea. Forget, you know, unique selling proposition. Just the whole thing is a USP. I'm awesome, right? I've never had that happen. I've, that's never been the case, unfortunately. Um, but instead, or, or rather fortunately, instead I've entered very saturated markets where a lot of other people had courses in those topics. But, I, you know, the one point is that competition is confirmation. The fact that those courses exist shows there's a market for it. But also, at the end of the day, when the course topic is similar to someone else's, the teacher is different, right? I, Courtney, like there's no one else on the, in the world who has my exact unique combination of talents and skills and experiences and perspectives so while someone else out there has courses on creating and launching courses on Facebook marketing, on growing a business, sure, there's tons and tons and tons of courses out there on those topics. No one else out there has my exact experiences, my exact perspective, my proprietary approach to this topic. What I have to offer is wholly unique compared to someone else over here who's teaching on the same topic, but doesn't have my proprietary 
perspective or approach or whatever. So, you know, that's what I tell students and, and, I, and I'm not just saying it, I believe it. And I've, I've had to kind of, I've had to take my own advice there because every time I launch something, it's not this totally out there, original, unique idea. It's, well, someone else out there is already doing it, but so I'm going to resonate more with some people than others. And other people will look at other people, you know, other teachers on a similar topic and go, yeah, I like her more than Courtney. Cool. Great. That's fine. Or I resonate more with her than Courtney. That's okay with me too, because I don't want to be, I can't and don't want to be all things to all people. But, but there are enough people out there who are going to resonate with you and your specific brand of whatever you're sharing and will appreciate your perspective more that it's always worthwhile, even when you're entering a saturated market, especially when you're, you know, entering a saturated market. Yeah, absolutely. When I started Play Cafe Academy, it was really the first of its kind, but now I'm starting to face, you know, a year in starting to face a little competition, but I found that I have such as like, you would think that an indoor playground is a niche enough, but now I feel like the people that are attracted to my programs are people who are from corporate America, who don't necessarily want to be behind the counter 24 seven. They want to create a business from the beginning that, you know, runs for them, that they don't have to be 100% present where not everyone teaches that way. A lot of people teach, you know, to do everything themselves. And, you know, so I definitely have yeah that within such a niche market, I found another niche market of people who want to run their business like clockwork and mm -hmm. you know, like not have to be there all the time, which isn't everybody. Some people that come from teaching backgrounds, their dream is to be there all the time. And that's yeah. what they want. But that's not Absolutely. how I, that's not how I teach to run a business. So those yeah. people don't sign up for my programs, but that's okay. So yeah. even if, you know, people are paving their own way, eventually there's going to, people are going to see your success, try to emulate it. And that's another opportunity, I think, for people to kind of yeah. And you know, with marketing, we think so much about attraction, but it's like a magnet. It's about it, it you know, a good marketing should attract and repel. Yeah. So there are some people that resonate with Michelle's version of here's how we grow an indoor playground. But there's plenty of people who won't and that's okay. Like it's, and it's not even like always a personal thing. Sometimes people are like, do people like me? They just not like the way I talk or the, How like people want to do it themselves. Yes. And, and I repel they, those people. Yeah, and that's great. You yeah. know, because then you don't waste your time trying to sell to them. You focus all your energy and time on, on selling and, you know, and serving the people who are attracted to what you have to offer. That's great. You know, that's, we want that. It needs to be both. It can't just be, you know, one. Absolutely. So, yeah. So speaking of, um, I couldn't let you go without talking about marketing. So yeah. I was wondering, um, kind of piggybacking off of our, our last conversation, what have been some of your most effective strategies for marketing your online course? Yeah, I think, you know, so many things, uh, you know, I've tried webinars and video series and um, just throwing a sales page up there and driving. Yeah. You know, so somebody traffic. just getting yeah. started, somebody yeah. just getting started, what, where, where would you maybe start or what has been something that you learned along the way or something that has been maybe more effective than others? Yeah. I think the biggest idea is we're building reciprocity, right? And it's, and it has to be reciprocity relative to what the investment is. And I think that's the, that's the biggest uh, thing. It's not even that it's one specific strategy. It's that mindset. It's okay. If I'm going to sell a $2,000 course, I can't just like go live one day for 10 minutes and say, okay, I have a course guys, go check out the sales page. That's, you know, unless you're, you've got a red hot 
waiting and ready audience, that's not going to work. That's not going to convert. You're going to, your conversion rate is going to be 0.000001%. You know, it's not going to work. So we need to create reciprocity relative to the investment. So like the way I market a $2,000 course is totally different than the way I market a $20 little micro course. And we have to consider that when we actually go to create, you know, whatever marketing strategy or funnel we're going to create. And I think that the other kind of the biggest thing I would say to <clears throat> someone who's just getting started, just marketing and selling their course for the first time is to look at their course for, for what it is and not to get kind of like woo woo and weird and out there and, and emotional or whatever, but your course is a gift. And like any gift, a gift is meant to be given. It's not meant to be hoarded away. It's not, it's not meant to be hidden away either. And I see a lot of people that, that think they're creating this course that's like this beautiful sparkly diamond ring, you know, unique cut with an inscription on the inside, this beautiful special thing. Great. And they make that and it's awesome. And then they market it you know, by throwing it into a plastic grocery bag and sticking it on the doorstep of someone's house and not even ringing the doorbell to let them know it's there. I mean, like, you know, we're seeing people that are not treating their course like what it is, which is a special gift. And if something is special, if I'm going to give someone something of high value, say a diamond ring, I'm going to put it in a pretty box and I'm going to probably put it in another box and I'm going to tie a bow and I'm going to hand it to that person with a sense of endowment and even pride and uh, excitement and joy to share this beautiful, special thing with them. And if they ask questions about it, I'm going to happily explain the value of the diamond ring, if the, whatever this valuable thing is. I'm going to point out the features of it. I'm going to, you know, and so on and so forth. And I see a lot of people go through all the trouble and all the work of creating an online course. And then rather than launching it, rather than actually putting it out into the world, drawing attention to it, attracting people to it, and uh, you know some kind of funnel, some kind of um, sales strategy in place, rather than use some kind of strategy, they just kind of stick a sales page link up on their website and hope that maybe someone will find it one day. And I think that is such a disservice. If, if, all, if you think that creating the course is the big thing, then you're missing half of it. And the other half is, You've got to launch it. You've got to share it with the world. A course is not a course without students. And if you're not taking, if you're not putting together some kind of strategy or seeking out someone who can teach you some kind of strategy or working with someone who can help you, you know, build a strategy. If you're not actually taking active steps to do that, don't bother creating your course because it's just going to be a bunch of files or videos on the internet somewhere that no one will ever get to see or appreciate. And what was the point in doing all of that? So, you know, it, it isn't even just one strategy. I love doing a video series. I love a good webinar. I love a good lead magnet funnel. I love all that stuff. But I think more than anything, it's put together some kind of strategy that communicates the value of your course and allows it to reach the people who need it the most. So that we're actually doing this for a purpose, right? We're actually, there's a point here, right? Um, I think that's the, that, that's the biggest thing I would want to impart to someone. You know, it's a, it's a gift. So give that gift and the packaging and presentation should denote the value of that gift.
Absolutely. I can't tell you when I was doing just Facebook ads, because that's one of the things I ventured into before, you know, creating my own online courses, memberships, things like that, is I did Facebook ads for clients. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times somebody would try to hire me to run Facebook ads directly to a sales page for a $2,000 program to a cold audience. Yeah, no. And I would say, okay, like we can do live video and we can do retargeting. And I will never ever take on one of those clients again, because yeah. again, not only do they not necessarily know how to convey the value of their program, because if they're selling a $2,000 program and you're just running Facebook ads to a sales page, not even to a free training, not to a coaching call, not anything like that, directly to a sales page, even yeah. if it's the best sales page in the world, it's such a disconnect. And a lot of times they would come back and say, oh, but you know, the ads aren't converting. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right. Well, I see, so, I see ads like that in my newsfeed and I'll be like, oh, this is interesting. Are you? Yeah. It's going straight to it. I'm cold traffic. I don't know them. It's going straight to a sales page. I'm like, buy me dinner first. I mean, like it's, right. it feels so audacious. It feels like, you know, asking for third date kind of things on, we haven't even got to the first date yet, yeah. right? Like not to be whatever, but you know, that, that is kind of what it feels like to me, especially if you're marketing and advertising on a social media platform, hello, social media, not, you know, sales media, like you have to, it, it, it doesn't have to be some long drawn out process. It can be really fast. I mean, some of the best, most high converting sales funnels and strategies out there happen in a couple of hours, happen in a day or two. It doesn't have to be some big, long thing, but you've got to have something there. You can't just jump straight to, you know, I mean, well, there are some exceptions, of course, but uh, again, it's got to be relative. Right, if, you're, if you're Tony Robbins or if you're, you know, if you yeah. have enough clout and experience and name recognition, maybe, but. Maybe, yeah. Enough clout or if like the price is a, you know, no brainer, you know, 30 bucks for a such and such. And you promised me the earth, the moon, the stars. Okay. I could be cold traffic and convert on that. But, you know, again, you, you've got to look at the big picture and it, it needs to make sense. You know, and I see people sell their course and I think, cool. Would you actually buy your course based on the way you're selling it? No. Okay. Well then take a step back and let's actually create a strategy here that serves people and then sells to them, you know? Right. And just, as you were saying before, with the curse of knowledge, you know, we're too close to yes. not only our subject matter of expertise, but also mm -hmm. to our programs. You know, we take a yeah. lot for granted. So I'm sure, I know I've done this. I've said, you know, well, I've, I've glossed over a lot of things. I've skipped over some things. I've really neglected to explain some things because I know I'm so intimately familiar with the program that I forget mm -hmm. that not everybody is. And I also forget that not everybody is watching every YouTube video, every blog, every live I do. I feel like I'm shouting everything from the rooftops, but yeah. a lot of times, a lot of that gets lost. So something that I've always admired about the way you market your programs is you, not only do you have, first of all, a community of super fans, so congratulations <laughs> on that, but there's always you always have a great, I guess, warm up. So I found Facebook. It was Facebook everything. Now it's Facebook framework yeah. um, through your five day challenge. Mm -hmm. And then you also have, so tell me just to wrap this up, how yeah. people find out about the course course, just give us like a very, um, you know, 500 feet view of how people yeah. you and how you kind of work people into that program. Yeah. Yes. Speaking a, of sales strategies and sales. <laughs> yeah. Models. I think yeah. this is a good way to, good way to wrap yeah, up. Absolutely. 
So the course course and Launchpad are the two programs, right? One's a course, one's a coaching program, kind of based on, on uh, how serious you are or, or where you are in your process. But um, they're both close to the public. But if you want an invitation to join, more importantly, if you just want to learn more about like the way, you know, a system for actually creating and launching a course, we give that to you in a free class. So anyone listening can head over to freecourseclass.com. Yes, I got, I got that URL. I got that domain. I feel so proud of myself. <laughs> but yeah, freecourseclass.com. Sign up for the free class. It's, you know, available Netflix style. So just grab a time check it out. Um, we walk through a six-step system we use, the exact same system we teach in our programs. I also, just as a little side note, this is my favorite part of the class, I map out a million-dollar online course company. So if you want to scale a course to a million dollars in 18 months, which, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can't, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but I give you the actual map the actual plan to how that would even be possible. So a lot of people think it's not possible. A lot of people think that they need flippity jillion followers or um, a course that's a huge price with some like wacky high ticket back end thing. You don't need that, but it just shows you how you can take one single course at a moderate price and with no audience scale that to a seven figure business. We, we walk through exactly the steps you would take. So that's all there. Um, basically, it's, you know, the inside of the playbook of a, of a million dollar course creator. So that's freecourseclass.com. Awesome. And where else can people find you? Where can they find some more of your content? I mentioned the Courtney show in the intro, but where can they find that? Yeah, we've got uh, new episodes of the Courtney show and another segment we have called Course Talk. Those air weekly over on Facebook, YouTube. We're pretty active on Instagram. Um, quasi active on Twitter, but <laughs> we are, uh, you can either, I'm on different platforms. I'm either Courtney Foster Donahue, which is my name or the Courtney show. So you can find us in either, uh, by searching either of those on, on pretty much all of the platforms nowadays. Perfect. And then I'll also, um, show notes as well. what is my website? CourtneyFosterDonahue.com. So <laughs> that's the awesome. other one as well. Yeah. Right, well, I just want to say thank you one more time for joining me today. I know that anyone who has even thought about a course or even service-based business owners who haven't thought about creating a course, I think this was really inspirational to them. And even people further along, I think are going to be able to walk away with some really great tips and strategies. So thank you so much. It was truly a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for having me. 